long box for Wednesday, January 22nd. So, so I noticed I didn't hear myself there at first, but we're good now. Sorry, sorry. Um, we, uh, so guys, bear with us. We are doing a little bit of uh, some new technology and new software today. Um, so we might have a few bugs to work out, but trust me, it's going to be great when we get everything mastered and going, except for the fact that when I look at the video, Enos has this big head in the corner. <laughs> All right, we'll just have to resize you later. I get to shrinking ray. All right, um, again, so uh, if you are listening to the podcast, remember we also do this live on YouTube. I would encourage you all to go out and watch the YouTube feed because we do um, uh, show off pieces of our collection. Also, uh, tonight we are going to be, after the podcast, which you won't be seeing, we're going to be doing another one of our special unboxing videos that you only get to see on our Patreon account. So, patreon.com, Lost in the Longbox, if you want to start seeing some of our exclusive video, um, trust me, tonight what we're unboxing is going to be beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. All I right. I just like to see the new stuff. And in fact, um, if you do listen to this show regularly and you've heard me and Tommy fighting about Patsy Walker 95... That video is on there where I finally win that war. So. Well, no, he hasn't won the war. He oh. won a battle. War's over. War's not over. All right, so that was on. a point five, son. War's <laughs> far from over. How was how was everyone's weekend? Weekend was great, man. Yeah, pretty good. I'm trying to think of what I did, I can't come up with anything. So I guess that means that was a really good weekend. All right, I am just turning my headphones down a little bit because these condenser mics pick up everything. It's so. But I like them because it's nice to not have a mic right in my face yeah, all the time pretty, now. Yeah, this is pretty sweet. And I don't have to, every time I talk to you, make sure I'm kissing a microphone and keeping <laughs> exactly. my head in one place. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, I can see my complete face and everything like that on the screen. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, Anyhow. because I'm a pretty handsome guy. Getting into some of the news ah. items. Do ah. uh, you remember the, the old series, The Thunderbolts? I do. With Barry oh, yes. Zeman on them? Yep. Uh, so I read that apparently they are going to be on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. Any word on the team? Uh, no, and that's kind of my only problem is I really hope this is going to be the villain team. Mm -hmm. I hope so, too. Because, you know, originally yeah. it started with Baron Zemo and Mockingbird, who was um, Songbird or Songbird and Mockingbird and, and what have you. See, now I've got them all confused back up here. Anyway, Moonstone became, uh, who was she in the, in the Thunderbolts? Oh, God. I know, but I can't think of it right now. So, see, now the, the old guys who read the series can't remember anything. Yep. Anywho... Thunderbolts was originally a, a series about a group of villains hiding to be heroes, and it was fantastic, especially that reveal at the very end of issue one. But eventually they decided they actually did want to be heroes, so Baron Zemo was kicked out, and Hawkeye was leading the team for a while and what have you, um, which is fine, but I'm hoping we get the villain version of this in that series. Right. Um, speaking of villains, um, Iron Man 2020 number one came out today. Oh. Did you hear what the spoilers were in this? I haven't. I wasn't really interested in it, so I didn't. Neither was I. But it, they revealed that apparently Tony Stark actually died a long time ago. Oh. And was replaced by artificial AI, or, or some evil AI that was pretending to be him, which led into his brother Arnold Stark now taking over the uh, Stark Industries. Ah. So I kind of thought that was interesting that they're saying, "Oh yeah, Stark has been dead a long time now." Until they decide to bring him back. Right. Exactly. Uh, which I'm thinking might somehow tie back into the Secret Invasion. Yep. Oh. Okay. So, speaking of Secret Invasion, I have to touch on this for a moment. Remember the Absolute Carnage series? Mm -hmm. That they yeah. just, Marvel just had? You yeah. heard how that ended, right? With Ravencroft Institute being, like, shattered and, like, and it's now in rumbles? Yeah, I've heard nothing about it. I was not interested, so I, I didn't look at it. Well, here's, here's why I bring this up. 
Apparently they're doing a series of one-shots called Ruins of Ravencroft. Mm -hmm. So Ruins of Ravencroft, Sabretooth, number one came out. And we found out a couple of things in it that I thought was pretty interesting. Number one, the Headless Horseman was originally a Spirits of Vengeance. Ah. Which really makes sense when you think about it. So they're revealing that he was um, a Ghost Rider. They're also showing that the Scrolls first attempted evasion, a secret evasion long before what they originally did, as early as 1891. Wow. Wow. So I haven't read this book, but sounds it, like it, it sounds like you're doing read. some interesting stuff with it. Yeah. <coughs> when you say when you say uh, Ravencroft, the uh, the D and D or me thinks Ravenloft. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm thinking too. But obviously, it's the Ravencroft Institute. Yeah. But that's where I go. So it, it's funny because I I didn't read anything of Absolute Carnage, but apparently it's tying into something bigger at the end here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't take advantage. Didn't read any of that either because. I don't particularly care for Carnage. And, so. and I don't either, but I saw this news on it about the whole Hellas Horseman was a spirit of vengeance and the That's whole cool. sc scrolls attempted an invasion as early as 1891. I was like, wow, you guys are really hitting your main, your real main stories here. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I'd like to read that story and see how we, we uh, got rid of them in 1891. I mean, you know, I loved uh, 1602. Yep, 1602 was actually fantastic. Really good. So, uh, you know, an 1891 story with, with uh, you know, Marvel would probably be pretty good too. So... Yep. Also, getting back into the, so there was a whole uh, incoming storyline, mm -hmm. and now they're doing, uh, they're going to be doing Outlawed, uh, which Outlawed is going to have this whole thing with uh, anyone under 21 in the Marvel Universe that's going to be legal for them to be a superhero. Well, my understanding, um, this is somehow going to lead into Deja Vu, Civil War thing, with the unmasking of Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, because apparently after Outlawed, we're getting a new Champion series. Okay. And issue one of that actually shows a poster of Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel, and the poster actually says, for Kamala. So it looks like they're... I started reading some of that, uh, the, the 1970s Champions uh, series. I need to get back to it. It was pretty good. I liked it. Hey, man, you can't go, go wrong with John Byrne, man. Right, yeah, that was actually really good. I just think it's interesting that they're, it looks like they're setting up Silver Wall all over again. Yeah, which... We've already done twice, so. Yeah. Right. Well, that's all right, because next week we're going to um, revisit the original revisit. Civil War. Which was a great story. So, yeah. Get story. ready for that next week, guys. We'll be talking about the original Civil War. I also have Civil War Frontline, so I might read those as well. Because yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll probably try to go back and reread the original story, not get into all the crossovers, because there was just so many of them. Yes, there was but, a lot. Um, uh, also, uh, Werewolf by Night. It's getting a new series. Oh, there you go. Um, it's a mini-series. I'm not too excited about this, though, because it's being written by Benjamin Jackendorf, who I don't, whose name I don't know, and Black Eyed Peas singer Taboo. Huh? I don't understand this. Has the man actually written anything? This is not his first foray into comics. It is, right, it's not. I actually read that. But I just he's done something before. I can't remember what it was, but this was like about maybe five, six years ago. Right. But um, on this, um, it was well received from what I heard. But I really didn't delve into it. But uh, this is definitely not his first foray into comics. Okay. Well, who's what? Benjamin Jackendorf? And I am not making a pronunciation. It is like J A C K E N D O R F F word. And I'm like. <laughs> I'd have changed that name, boy. As soon as I started anything that had my name on it, that'd have been changed. Yeah, you might want to, might want to pay. I mean, it's just, it, I'm sorry, but it's just the way it said. How can you not say it I and mean, not be funny? It, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly like lip shit. That's like the, that, 
I was gonna say it's like the race car driver, Dick Trickle. <laughs> I'm not making that, that so many times, and I still laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm way too old to be that oh, immature, but oh, whatever. Oh right. man, I'm telling you about it, man. Hey, right. a good laugh's a good laugh. So man. anyway, back back to the news items. Um, John Romita Jr. Um, said that he personally saw how um, reviewers um, responded to his Superman. Uh, uh, Man of Steel miniseries that he did for Black Label. Uh-huh. Um, and now get this. this. This is what he's quoted. People were screaming at me via reviews, and my friends would email me reviews saying, this is ridiculous. You know, that's out of left field. And he says, I love getting that kind of reaction. I love that part, especially with the seals. And I would do that again in a second. Uh, yeah, John, it sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I put, picked up issue one. I didn't read it. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really not all that bothered about it. So I've never read it, and I'm nev, nev, not worried about getting the rest I, of it. Issue two was where I just went, nope. nope. <laughs> and I think uh, those black labels were $10 at a time. So it was like $20 I'm not getting back. Speaking of which, I need to read that uh, first issue of the, the, the black label question. Oh, that, that's out, right? Uh, yeah, it's out. Uh, number two is out. That's Sage. why I need to read number right. one. So, yes. Uh, and I think... I haven't heard anything about the Wonder Woman Dead Earth, so I got a sneaky suspicion that's not doing well. Mm. Have you, uh, you're reading Legion of Superheroes, right? Are you reading yeah. Legion of Superheroes? No, but I'm getting ready to get caught up. So you, want, but, but, but I do know that... Because I'm the, about to spoil issue three for you. Uh, let me guess. Damien Wayne's uh, venture to the future was not as well received as everyone thought it was. Well, the well, I don't know about fan reaction, but the story was the, really the good. Story, yeah, the story was and, good. But, and but the I story heard, was the Legion going, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to the point where Saturn Girl puts him to sleep and they take him back into the past. Right. And they and it was funny is they tell Superboy, you really need to watch the orientation video we made for you. So that no. just tells me that something yes, bad is tied to Yes, we need to get to that to orientation video. We've been talking about that orientation yeah. video since right. the first issue. Get to the orientation yeah, Exactly. Video. So obviously, Damien has done something. Right. Because they actually respond like, wait, is that Damien Wayne? And, and you see, the, all the lesions are like, oh, crap, what'd he do? Because they tell him he's got to go back to the past now. And she just, Saturn Girl just puts him to sleep. She picks up and she's like, I'll do it. So I will give Brian, Brian Michael Bendis his props. He's doing really good with this. Oh, yeah. I've enjoyed the first two issues. I haven't read the third one yet, but the first two have been good. Well, I, I read a report, because remember when they first announced that Bendis was going to D.C., mm -hmm. and he talked about all the projects that he had and the things that he was going to be putting in, in the hopper. Apparently, Legion was always his pitch, that mm -hmm. Superman in action was so that he could lead up to Legion. Um, so who knows? What's the Legion? Well, he needs to get Matter Eater Lad up in there. I haven't seen him yet, and he needs to he needs to bring the greatest Legionnaire to the forefront. <laughs> so that you know, what I'm not the only one that loves some Matter Eater Lad. Well, you are. Uh, so finally, the new Mutants movie is coming out April third. I am probably the only person in, in comic fandom that actually wants to see this movie because right. I love the trailer. I'm uh, not worried about it. Yeah. Plus, I also have a thing for uh, Anna Taylor Joy. I don't know who that is. But. She's playing um, Ilyana. Okay. Uh, Ilyana Rasputin. Right. But the reason I bring it up is, according to the director, whose name I don't, remar don't remember, sorry, director, it's actually going to be referencing to the Fox X-Men movies. Okay. Um, which has everybody confused because supposedly they said it's going to tie to the MCU. So how do you do that when all the Fox X-Men movies are out of the MCU? I guess you just put it out as it's been done and 
not tie it to the MCU after all. I, I, I think know. what they're doing is that's how they're going to um, tie all the Fox properties back to Marvel right. and Disney mm -hmm. by using that as a springboard to show that it is always the same universe. We just didn't ever talk about it. Which kind of makes sense. Because remember, the storyline looks like it's closely following the whole Demon Bear saga from the first um, arc with Daniel Moonstar. Mm -hmm. And I think that will probably somehow tie back into the regular X-Men series. Speaking of X-Men, this is fantastic. I'm actually waiting for this. Remember um, the very first Marvel graphic novel, um, God Loves, God Man, Loves Kills. Man, Kills. Man Kills? They are doing a special um, two-issue extended cut um, with the original material from Chris Claremont and Brent Anderson, plus like an additional um, eight pages uh, into the added to the, the feature. Oh, I'll have to pick that but up. But here's what's really cool. Um, I guess those extra pages that are being edited in mm -hmm. um, is putting it in present day, and it's going to tie in right with what Hickman just did with okay. the, the House of X and uh, Age of X. Which so, I know nothing about. I, I will be honest. I read halfway through them, and it got a little heavy for me to follow, so I quit reading it. Um, and I'm not following any of the new books, but... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I actually am really interested to see this again because I don't have the original graphic novel anymore. And I think the last time I looked, um, a certain online company had it for like a hundred bucks for a first print. So, now if you just you want to read who, it, you get a lower. You price. know who I would like to see from the X Universe team up and be in, and um, see them in like a miniseries, something like that? Dupe? No, Shaman and Warpath. Oh. Yeah, that would be good. That would be that would be good, or else. And I know there's some other Native American uh, superheroes. Wide wing. I would like to see um, the two I mentioned. Wide Wingfoot, and there's a, and um, there's another Native American hero, and Danny Moon. Um, and um, Daniel Moonstar. Danny Moonstar and um, um, Shaman's daughter, Elizabeth. Two young men. Well, it's it's funny that you said that because the Werewolf by Night series that I mentioned by Taboo, right, um, is going to. I think uh, the character Red Wolf is going to feature heavily in that. Um, and That's right. Be, he's, he is and it's too. going to be tied from a Native American uh, viewpoint because Taboo has Native American roots. Okay. Right. So. Yeah, that could that could be a winner. So, yeah. and I can see that, and I could easily see Native American mythology and World by Night easily meshing together. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. It's oh yeah. That. Right. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Those because I'm really surprised hand. that with a lot of the occult stuff that Marvel has done, they never called Shaman. Right. You never saw Shaman. He would be. He's kind of like. He's not Dr. Fate, but he's a lot closer to it than a lot of people think he is. Right, exactly. So, uh, DC apparently had really great success with their whole 80th anniversary specials, because, you know, we had the Action Comics 1000 with all the variant covers, and we had the Detective 1000 with all the variant covers. We had the hardcover Superman or Action Comics 80 years, Detective Comics, Batman through 80 years. Um, so apparently now it's a, they, they they're making money. So we just got one one seven hundred fifty today. Right. Same type of thing. 80th anniversary had all the era variant covers, being followed by Flash next month, and I, I don't know why Robin in March. Right. Uh, but they also announced, and and I gotta admit I'm, I'm kind of stoked for this one, Catwoman 80th anniversary special, um, and just like all the others, she is going to get a series of um, era variant mm -hmm. variants. Um, and I, I haven't seen them yet, but I just know I'm going to go broke because it's going to be a 1940s variant by Adam Hughes. There's oh, good, oh, my God. Get, it gets That's going to be pretty. There's going to be a 1960s variant by J. Scott Campbell. Nah, I'm not a big there's, fan of his. It's going to be a 70s variant by Frank Cho. Okay, please tell me there's going to be one by Jim Balin. 
Uh, there's not one by Jim Balant listed. Um, but the regular one might have a Jim Balant. But I have, there's going to be a 1980s cover by Stanley Archram Lau. That's going to be good. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a 2000s cover by Jim Lee. That's going to be good. I haven't even seen any of these, and I just know I'm going to go broke. Yeah. Oh, that the 2010s, um, was it Ji Hung Lee? That's yes, going to be a good Ji one, Lee. too. Well, oh, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I, I feel your pain on that one because when Thor came out, I bought darn near every cover they had. Right. I got every one except the Sif cover. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's a pretty good lineup for for the covers. Though. Well, I can tell you because uh, and Tommy mentioned this. Wonder Woman seven hundred fifty came out today, yeah. which is her eightieth anniversary. I had a hard time picking one cover, but at ten dollars, I told myself I am getting one cover, mm -hmm. and I don't care how good the other ones look. I'm limiting myself. Right. So I went with the great George Perez. Cover. I get ready to say, let me guess, George Perez. <coughs> but the Adam Hughes one was really good too. Yeah, I mean you can't. I go forgot wrong with to George grab Perez. that. But uh. So, yes, guys, Wonder Woman 750 came out today. This is an important book because DC announced their new timeline is starting in Wonder Woman 750, and this is where they're revamping it and revealing that Wonder Woman is the first hero in the DC universe. Which makes sense. Well, yep. So, also, sense. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this one. J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot, you know, makes all the Right. Right. Uh, has announced that they are now exclusively developing the Justice League Dark movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, read that last night. Because they have an exclusive five-year deal with Warner Brothers. Get that Hawkman 4 while you can, people. I, I will say, tell you this. Love or hate the guy, um, he will get the movie made. Yeah, um, get that Hawkman 4 while you can. Because they, uh, I didn't know this, but apparently this thing has been optioned in the movie like ever since, uh, I guess, maybe 2012. Originally, uh, Del Toro was assigned to it, you know, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, and then he left in 2015. And right. It's gone through several directors since 2017. It's never happened. So now that Abrams' company has announced they're doing it, yeah, it, it'll get made. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope Zatanna's going to be part of it. Oh, and yeah. not to mention the Phantom Stranger and Phantom Dead Man. Stranger, Dead Man. Um, who who do you guys see playing Dead Man? Who I kind of like to see Blue Devil in there, too. No, Blue Devil's not dark enough. Yeah. yeah maybe not. But you got to have someone to lighten it up a little bit, you know? That's what you put John Constantine in for. You think, yeah. you yeah, think could Statham could, could play Statham, he probably could. That, that, yep. I'd, I'd, be... I'd go with that. That, that could work. Or that the guy work. that was um the oh, oh, Jay Hernandez, the guy who was Diablo in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was. Be, he could be good for that. He was great in Suicide Squad. I got mad when he got when he died, man. So. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and we gotta get some Detective Chimp in there. Yep, I would like some detective detective chip, which would be CGI. You just have yeah. a voice actor for that. So, but. other news. Oh, so um, James Tinian IV, who's now writing Batman as of issue ninety six, and I didn't realize this. There was a, a solicitation for the cover to ninety two mm -hmm. with uh, Harley and Joker, and I think Penguin's on there. But there's also a new character in the background. Um, I didn't really think much of it until he actually went online and started announcing that this is a new Batman villain named Punchline. Okay. Um, he's hinted that she might have some ties to Joker. Mm. Um, but then he's also teasing when's her actual first appearance. And he says, you know, is it Batman 89? Is it Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen number three? Or is it maybe the Joker 80th anniversary special? So, guys, watch your Batmans uh, from 86 on, especially these other three that I mentioned, number 89, Hell Arisen number three, because if this character takes off, those are going to be some hot books. Oh, yeah. I thought I wanted to mention something else about a hot book that I was thinking of today, and now I can't remember it. Dang it, Bobby. 
Oh, so I picked up Star number one today. I Did you? Ordered, I, I read it. That. I read it recently. It's pretty good. Gets off to a good start. I kind of kicking myself that I slept on that issue of uh, Captain Marvel. You should still be able to get a, a copy pretty decently priced. I might look into that. And thanks to my man Tommy, I got Batman '86 last week. He told me that he picked that up for me. Uh, let me tell you guys something. Tommy and I both <laughs> both read it the same day, and. Um, James Tenyon was doing a great job with Detective. He and Tony Daniel are going to really do something with Batman. I enjoyed it. I thought it, it was, was one of the best Batman stories that I've read in a long time. Good. All I'm going to say is this. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I'm going to say this. Batman versus Deathstroke. Enough said. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, so, oh, that was so good, too. Yeah, it was. That was really good. Really good. And, and I don't know what it is about Tony Daniel. Tony Daniel just can... Capture Batman's essence, the angst, and everything. But at the same time, he doesn't make him like he makes him a, a force of nature, so to speak, a force to be reckoned with as a crime fighter compared to everyone else. Now, not I love Tom King's run, but I'll tell anybody I truly believe that Tom King's run was to um was to focus on the importance of Bruce Wayne, right. And I think that's where everyone missed it. Everybody, I hate this one. No, because because I've and we've talked about this on previous shows. One of the things I never agreed with was the um, notion that Batman's the real person and Bruce Wayne was a disguise. Right. No, and that's what Tom King's goal was to show yeah. you that the Bruce Wayne character is every bit as important, important as, as Batman. Batman. Exactly. Um, now I will admit um, that some of his story arcs tend to tended to run a little long. Right. The whole thing with him in the um, water tank, the nightmare story arc, oh, uh, that that was that could have been stopped five issues early as far as I'm concerned. It right. Ran a little long. City of Bane was really good. Yes. Um, because I did love the way you see him systematically tearing him down to the very end of it. Right. Um, but I do agree. This first issue was a really good start. Um, I love the interaction with him and Lucius Fox when he asked yeah. about the suit. He's like, oh, you mean a $300 suit I have upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the bit when Deathstroke was like, you should take out the others first one. He's like, I already have. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Batman 86. Probably still on your stands, guys. Um, Pretty good Great book. jump good on book. point. Go yeah, get it. Definitely. Exactly. Good book. Uh, do you guys got anything new you want to talk about? Yes, I do. We, um, <coughs> and I, while you were gone, um, and Tommy and I did the show on Bill Finger, we were doing the releases, and I stumbled upon a website called LeagueOfComicGeeks.com. Every week they give you a complete rundown of every news mom issue that comes out for Wednesday. Every Wednesday they have them. And it's like, and as you can see, I hope uh, you guys... Do you want a camera? You want to give to me. Yes. Give to me. Randy Hold. As you can see... You can scroll down in every new issue and its description. Hold on. Hang on, Madman's going to get us uh, extreme close up. Get an extreme close up. There you go, over here. Some glare on your phone, my yeah, man. Yes, uh, devices don't show up good on camera. That's all right. Close. But I see what you're saying. Yes, you can uh, magnify it and zoom in, and you can actually scroll down and see the cover and read the the description of the upcoming issue. Yep. League of what? LeagueofGeeks.com. LeagueofGeeks.com. And if there's any of you out there listening to the show now, please uh, do us a solid and mention us back on your site as well. In fact, we should probably just pin a link on that and say, here's where you can get the books for the week. New releases. I guarantee new releases every week. I've stumbled upon this, and man, 
it was, it's some good stuff on here. Good catch, Enos. Thank you, Yes, brother. indeed. Um, new releases. We already talked about Wonder Woman 750. Uh, should be uh, a pretty important book, because like I said, yeah. this is where DC is establishing their, their new timeline. Over on the Marvel side, uh, I mentioned the ruins of Ravencroft, Ravencroft Sabretooth earlier, mm -hmm. but apparently, and I didn't pick this up myself, dad nab it, um, ruins of Ravencroft Dracula. And I know there's probably going to be some good stuff in that one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to probably go back out to our buddies over at Gateway tomorrow and pick that up. Guardians of the Galaxy number one came out. And I know Tom is all excited about that because that's like the fifth or sixth reboot for Guardians of the I'm, Galaxy. I'm going to give it a shot. Originally, I was going to to, to ditch blow it. Blow it off. Blow it off and say, that's it, I'm done. But I, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Good man. And and i got to be honest, I don't even know what this is about other than the fact that Prince Namor is probably pissed off again. Atlantis Attacks number one <laughs> came out, so... Yeah, okay. That fool ain't never happy. I say, is he ever happy? You know what? This is what happens when you don't get the woman that you want. You end up spending the rest of your life all bitter yeah. and attacking yeah. the surface world. Okay. So, uh, hey, we need to uh, pay some lip service to our sponsor. Yes, Enos, that is your <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> Tonight's episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Located on 3112 PS Business Drive just off Smoketown Road in the great town of Woodbridge, Virginia. They have an excellent array of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. The store manager, Troy David, is one of the most outstanding people I ever met and one of the most knowledgeable. So definitely go in there and you got a question, he has an answer. But most importantly, tell them Lost in the Long Box sent you. And make sure you have a lot of time when you go in there because if you get him started, uh, it's all, you have, almost have to chew your leg off to get out of there. Love you, yeah. Troy. Um, okay, so, Madeline, you want to zoom in because we're going to start the show and tell segment. Time for a good start. Our most popular segment. All right. Oh, yes, indeed. It's first, fun time. Yeah, you just hang on to that, Enos. All right, so the first one we brought in... I gotta get you some new bags and boards, brother. For Christmas time. Let's get him some mylars. Oh no, I've got some. I just never switched them right. yet. Uh, this was actually a fantastic run. This redefined this team for DC and made him a number one selling team. Teen Titans number four by oh, like George Perez, and Marv Wolfman, and this is it. This was the issue we knew was coming ever since DC Comics presents twenty six when the kids first showed up, and that's where they have it out with the Justice League. And that was my very first issue that I ever bought. Of, really? of New Teen Titans. Oh, so you didn't buy issues one, two, three? No. Well, see, and it's funny you said that. If you read the trade paperback for the first volume, they say the same thing, that issue one sold well, issue two slumped, issue three was even worse, and then issue four, it took off. Yeah, because everybody jumped on that because... And, Justice League, right? Yeah, because they, they said, the cover told the, told the tale. It said issue four, the series took off, and then it kept going from there. Yeah, and it's like George Perez was saying, okay... I got something for y'all. And then when they put that cover up, man. Well, and here's the thing, too. You have to remember, when Mar Marvel, God, when DC lured Marvel Wolfman and George Perez away from Marvel, um, it was to do this book. And they both they both had conditions. There were things they wanted to do. Marvel Wolfman's was, I want to clean up your clutter of your multiverse. Um, George Perez, I think, wanted to do some of the T-books. He wanted Justice League. He wanted Justice League. And they both took this assignment because they expected this book to be gone in a year. Right. They weren't expected to take off the way it did. Um, so fantastic. All right. Madman, I got to tell you what. I, I'm just going to go to Madman's house one night and like 
roofie him so I can steal all his books. Yeah. Justice League number 106. This is, <laughs> this is a great one, too, boy. Look at that cover. Red, the Red Tornado. I killed them all. Is that a Nick Cardi cover, too? Yep. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he pretty much set the standard with the roll call on the side. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I love those. I love those covers. Yes, this it's, is fantastic. It's like, I don't think you joined the Justice League, dude. If everyone died on your first day, yeah. I don't think that's cool. You didn't join the <laughs> You know what I noticed it. about this, too? Um, there's no Wonder Woman. Nope. Yeah. And she was a staple of that book for a long time. This might be in the, the era where they was doing the new Wonder Woman and she was powerless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The mod. The yeah. I Ching. And on the side, the headshots, everyone is done by Neil Adams except Hawkman, who was done by Murphy Anderson. So, yeah, those, this was, and that was really great about this era of Justice League. You saw it on the stand and you knew immediately who was in the who book. Who was in it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. And Tommy decided he wants to win this week. So he brought in a graded book, X-Men number 10, the first Silver Age appearance of Kazar. I thought it was Kazar. Kazar, Kazar, who cares? This is one that I have. I kind of want to break it open the slab. The, the Tarzan and, and, ripoff. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, get, get it pressed and cleaned. Get it pressed and cleaned because that wasn't a thing when I, uh, when I got first this, did it. When I first did it. Yeah. So I need to you know, get the, see if I can get the greater notes, see if there's anything in there that pressing and cleaning will do. Because, you know, there might not be anything that it can help. I don't know. i got to tell you, when it comes to Silver Rage and Golden Age, I am totally happy with anything from 4, 5, or higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. a pretty book. That's a pretty book if you look at it. It, it's, it presents well. And Zabu. Presents as a 6. Zab I, you know what? I love Zabu. Who didn't want Zabu as a pet? Man, you know? heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you want a saber-toothed tiger as a pet. Right? Come on. And then I and then I remember reading Kazar and, and they introduced Sean out and I was like, screw Zabu. Oh my yeah, this, is, uh, yeah. this is number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when they redid that series in eighty one. With that red cover and him yeah. on the hillside and Zabu yeah, and the, Shauna behind him. Dude, the way Brent Anderson drew Shauna, you were like Zahu. Zahu right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and I brought one in because Enos brought his last week. And uh I, I have two of these. I'm gonna start doing your number and collecting more of these because I, I really do love these things. That's These giant-sized DC Treasury editions. This one of the Superman Shazam fight. Oh, damn. That's a pretty book. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I don't know how to cut off the chroma key. Chroma key. I, I love the fact that it's got uh, both Supergirl and Mary Marvel yeah, like, trying yeah, to interfere and, and stop right. it. Yeah, what, yeah. For you newer listeners who don't know this, um, back in the day, to get this book... You had to cut a coupon out of your comic. Out of your comics. You didn't usually find these on a newsstand. Or well, yeah, where would where would the newsstand put it? They, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of these were mailed in, which means you had to damage a book um, to get this, which is why you don't find many of them at conventions, because that was right about the time that kids like, I'm not going to cut my comics yeah, they off started, of this. Yeah, they started taking care of them. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And I got lucky, and you would find them at like 7-Eleven, and there would there would be some displayed at some grocery stores in the area where I live because that's where I bought. There was uh, one, the best of DC, that had the um, reprint of the death of Superman when he was every when he thought he was dying from Virus X, right? And the Night of the Reaper by Neil Adams and uh, Denny O'Neill reprinted was um, I've got that found that at a grocery store. Now you did, and it's weird. Every so often, you would find 
the scarce one on a on a rack somewhere. Yeah. And you never knew how they got it because you knew you had to cut a coupon out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was probably the. Um, <coughs> Some of these uh, vendors, you know, because back then, you know, you'd order the comic books, and if you didn't sell them, then you'd have a stack of them sitting on your hands. And you would cut them there. Yeah, and then you'd say, well, I might as well cut this out and, like, get this thing so that I can drive more traffic. Drive more sales towards comic books. That could have also been dealer incentives. You don't know. Absolutely. Could have been. But, uh, so, tonight's subject, we have a good one, too. Mm. Um, And and I don't know why Tommy and I thought of this, uh... Other than the fact that okay, I could I could see that uh, actually having some some weight. We're going to talk about the characters Good. that were pretty much made for one purpose, and you know what that purpose would be? Yes, indeed. Sex, baby, <laughs> because it sells. Um, so who wants to start off? I'll go ahead and start off. I've got three good ones here, so I'll go ahead and start off. If you want me to? I think one of the most obvious ones out there is came from Chaos Comics and uh, Evil Ernie Number One, Lady Death. <laughs> Drawn by the late great Stephen Hughes, may yep. he rest in peace. Yep, and I mean, it's. I think it's pretty obvious that this was the only reason it was that she was created. And as a matter of fact, it says that in the beginning, that was her only function was to be eye candy, <laughs> <laughs> to cause evil Ernie to want to, to kill people. So, I would even I would even add to that, um, Cry for Dawn. Yeah, because let's face that's, it, there was only there was only reason you bought Cry for Dawn, and it wasn't for the story. Right. You know, I saw the Lady Death lingerie special this weekend when I was doing the antique store circuit downtown. I, I didn't pick it up and open it or or, or buy it or anything. But Not that you're going to admit on camera anyway, right? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to admit that on camera. But yes, I, I will have to admit that Lady Death is one you look at and you're like, okay, she's straight up wearing lingerie. Right. <laughs> right. And not much of it either. Right. So. All right. Enos, what you got? There was a miniseries that Marvel Comics did by having, I think it was part of the Heavy Hitters line, where they had um, well-known creators do a creator-owned project. The, um, I want, the man we just mentioned, one of, I think, our three favorite, um, one of our, the favorite of the three of us, George Perez and Peter David, I believe, did a story, did a miniseries called Sax and Violence. Oh, God, I forgot I've about that. I've heard of it, but I never read it. <laughs> and uh, Sax was this detective, and um, I believe Sax was the man, and Violence was the woman, and she was a model, and let's just say uh, she didn't wear a whole lot. In the um in the story, and that was her. The whole purpose that was to, um, titillate. You can say to it. to to, to <laughs> um stimulate you, so I just, to speak. I love that word, titillate. 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 It's got tit in it. But, well, you just like it because it's multi-syllables. Yeah, that too. Can you, can you stay in frame, Enos? Yeah. Go you to keep, your uh, left. Left. Your, just a little bit left. A little bit. There you go. Awesome sauce. Oh, cool. Perfect. Now Keeps you're all but uh, he looks like Shrek compared to us. We like, I mean, look at him. He looks like Shrek, and we look like donkeys. He is Shrek He's like compared this big to you. That little. All right. You're so like green donkey. too. <laughs> <laughs> Saxon, Madman, you got a character that you look at it and pretty much know. Yeah, I, I know what this was made for. I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's like anything scantily clad women, you know, heavy metal. Oh lord. Oh, good one, man. It's real heavy simple. Metal. That we talked earlier about the '90s swimsuit issues and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Anytime you know they're putting like, uh, make some some dudes drawing a sexy picture of Psylocke, my favorite, by the way. Oh yeah. You know what it's about? 
Right. It's funny too. Remember when Psylocke wore that, that pink frilly costume and then all of a sudden now she had the black leather and you're like, that's not Psylocke. <laughs> not that I'm objecting, but... All right, so I got one for you. You're going to love this one. Okay. So, uh, and I have to admit, I think now I want to go back and read these and I hate admitting that. And one of these, I, one of these other ones I'll get to. So anyway, created by Dan Mendoza, Zombie Tramp. Mm, and it yeah. is like, <laughs> Anus's face just scrunched up. He's like, do what? <laughs> what the hell was that? So she was in several one-shots from 2009 to 2011. And then in 2013, he brought her over to Action Lab Comics. Um, and I think they did like uh, a series of uh, Zombie Tramp also, which went for like 13 issues until 2014. And then they started a new Zombie Tramp series over there at Action Lab. I actually do have one of these things. It's under the Action Lab uh, Danger Zone um, print imprint. And I don't remember how I got it. I think we had uh, that shop that we used to go to was going out of business and he had like a, a 50 cent bin and I just started pulling stuff out of him. Pulled a whole bunch of those stupid Xenoscope books out of him, which I'm mm. going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing about um, Zombie Tramp, it actually tells you that all the iterations of the title from when Dan Mendoza did it all the way through what Action Labs um, are mature readers, and they have um, scenes of graphic violence, profanity, a lot of sexual situations, and nudity. Uh, a lot of them are shipped with variant covers, which are straight-up adult or risque covers, showing they nudity or female rear nudity. Um, and the actual storyline, so I'll get this. Her name was Janie Bell, and she was a high-class prostitute in Hollywood, California. All right? And then she worked for, like, a cross-dressing maiden named George Sumero. Uh, yes, oh so, yeah, so the, the origin yeah. is already getting weird, right? So she's a call girl to the stars, and she was frequently seen at like public venues with like celebrities and what have you. Um, but then apparently, um, the George Samaro character is busted, he's brought to jail, and then he gets blackmailed into having he blackmails into having a night with this whole Janie character. And somewhere along the line, and I'm still trying to figure this out, she becomes a zombie. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, okay, yeah, oh yeah, that's dude, wow. There's okay. a whole lot of weird going on in this thing. I'm not even lying. I read the one issue I had, and I was like, this character is just straight up uh, spank material. I'm yeah. going to go ahead and I'm going to put it. that on this, this zombie tramp on the top of the skip list. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. A lot of it is uh, kind of humorous and parody. Okay. Well, um, I mean, so yeah, I'm okay when it's that, but when it's just straight up like Faust. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever seen Faust, but that'll give you nightmares. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't think I want to see a, a picture of an undead naked woman. Uh, no. Um, that doesn't do it for me. So, what else you got? Uh, we're going to go with the next one, uh, 90s Invisible Woman. You're talking about when she, John Byrne put her in that little weird Fatal costume? Yes, with, like, with the cutout of the four over, uh, on oh, her chest. Oh, and yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, she wore that costume when uh, everyone believed Reed was dead. And, you know... <laughs> The, the one thing I will say about it, though, I mean, first off, this costume is terrible. But, right. you know, the Fantastic Four haven't actually gone through many costume changes. They basically had that Fantastic Four jumpsuit from day yeah, one. right. And, I mean, it was the 90s, you know, the whole extreme thing was popular, so maybe that's why they went that direction. But you kind of have to remember, too, that led into the whole thing about she was actually possessed by uh, Malice. Malice character, mm -hmm. and that was supposed to be a reflection of it wasn't Sue Richards. Yeah. Which, let's, let's face it, that was a convenient storyline of why to explain this skimpy outfit. Yeah, so... Well, 
It's cause she, it's cause she you know she gets around you know. Her, Sue Storm. Yeah. <coughs> okay. I Two bet. guys: Reed Richards and Namor. Still, I mean, I wouldn't marry a Reed. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it; that all happened. The marriage happened after all that. So I don't know why you married her, bro. That's true. Uh, but yes, I that's that is a good point. I do remember seeing. You know, you need to put that on our Facebook. Uh, the picture of Sue Storm in her in her Malice costume. Yeah. Ennis, what do you got? This is probably going to be one of yours, but it's the first thing I thought about when we, when, after Tommy was telling me today um, exactly what the show is going to be about, one of the first ones that comes to mind and probably is the leader of the pack, Vampirella. Man, you can't be dissing Vampirella. What the hell? <laughs> but he's got a point. I mean, come well, on. Yes, he does. Well, remember, too, Vampirella was in Warren Publishing. Right. Which is a direct response retaliation to this, to uh, the CCA. Right. And, you know, it's not to say that she didn't evolve, evolve to something more than that. I mean, oh, you know, oh, I got one now. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like how mad but just like, bing! Yeah, light bulb. <laughs> but, yes, uh... I, I would really and and actually, she started off as an anthology title. She right. uh, because there was like four or five stories in those issues. Um, I, I noticed because I've, I've been getting the reprints from Dynamite Comics, um, but I remember picking up one of her books like when she was in the issue one hundreds, and it was two stories. It was usually her and some other character like Pantha, you know, her cousin that, mm -hmm. that they built her. But yeah, it's it became more and more obvious that uh, okay, we're just going to make the sexy character and. We know you're probably not going to read the story. <laughs> right, so, and, and they made it so to where you don't look at the fact that she's a vampire. You're looking at the fact that it's not one hot woman. Right, yep, she's wearing next to nothing. Wearing next to nothing. But, you know, the character's having really good success over at Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll give them the props. They're doing a good sh uh, series with that. All right, Madman said he's got one now, and he's chomping at the bit. Power Girl. God, now say why you gotta go disempower girl? Because <laughs> I guarantee you, somebody there was somebody somewhere, some artist somewhere, who was like, uh, I don't like him that small. Well, you've heard that story, right? No, I have not. So, Urban Legend is it's at Wally Wood who was uh, drawing her. I can't remember. Uh, so the story is, the artist originally drew her, put boobs on her, put a boob window, and editorial at first was okay with it, then. They started getting bigger, and it started getting bigger. So when they asked them, you need to make them smaller and make the hole smaller, the next issue, they got bigger. <laughs> so they quit selling them to, to make them smaller. But, but let's be honest. That was a very obvious creative oh, yeah. choice. A absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. There's, oh, yeah. a, there's a really great bit in the Batman Superman series um, from the 2000s where they're going to take out the... Uh, he knows exactly where I'm going with this. The uh, Toy Man, the, the new version over in Japan, right? Hero, and uh, Batman and Superman are talking to Power Girl and is it Batgirl? Who I can't remember who it is, but they're actually and Hero is a 13-year-old robotics genius in Japan, and so they need to distract him long enough for Superman and Batman to get there and just deactivate his robot. So they tell Power Girl, "You go ahead of us, keep him occupied," and she's sitting there and she's like, "How am I supposed to occupy a 13-year-old boy?" And they both just look, and they all just look at her. And she looks down, and she goes, oh. Nah, yeah, no, oh. <laughs> you started telling the story, and I was like, this is very familiar. I guess i got to go back and read those Superman Batman's ones. Those are pretty good. I, yep. I did enjoy those. That whole series was good. That's actually when they brought in 
the the regular Supergirl again and got rid of the whole Matrix thing yep. and, and brought it back from Krypton. Yep. Because that's also a story where she gets corrupted by Darkseid. Yep. So that was really good too. And that that was and that was done by the late great Michael Turner. Yes. I think that was some of his last work. One, one of the last things he did. And um <clears throat> if you don't have the comics, you can also see this scene in the animated feature Superman, <laughs> Batman, Public Enemies. Public Enemies. Yes, you can. I forgot all about that. <laughs> yep. So so if you want a little motion with it. <laughs> uh, you can check that movie wow, out. Wow, that sounded bad. What? Wow, well, a little motion with it. Just... <laughs> oh, you said motion. Yeah, yeah. That just I, I heard. I heard lotion. That sounded dirty. Sounded See, there dirty. you go. Yeah, it was yeah. motion. Uh, but I do know. Isn't there also a scene where Supergirl meets Power Girl from Earth Two, and she's she looks like I'm growing into that. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. That would be funny though. That would be funny. I can't. I got. You gonna make me go watch Apocalypse now? Uh, um, watch watch both of them now, cause I I can't. I definitely remember the the little um, Japanese kid. He was like, uh, uh, tell her I'm sorry. Uh, I, he did something to her, and I was like, oh, you little dirty little rascal. There's a piece of artwork I have to find after I talk about my next. Um sex character um, that you guys are going to love. I have another good one. I told you I got some really good ones. Um, so, created by Garth Ennis and illustrated by um, Amanda Connor, published by Image Comics in 2002. I really got to read this. The Pro. Yes, Ennis, that's exactly what it is. It's a, a mainstream parody comic um, about the career of an unnamed prostitute given superhuman powers by an alien called The Viewer. <laughs> Uh, and she actually joins what is basically their Justice League parody of a team called the the League of Honor. And it's got characters called like the Saint, the Knight, the Squire, the Lady, the Lime, and Speedo, who's like parodies of Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, all those. Um, but yeah, they fight a bunch of uh, crappy villains like the Noun and the Adverb. And then... Uh, <laughs> is this a comic book or Schoolhouse this, Rock? This, is, this, this is actually a, this sounds is, like it could be fun. This is, yeah. a, this is actually a one-shot, like I said, by Garth Ennis, uh, Amanda Carter, and Jimmy Palamati. Um, but also, uh, in the, the book, um, so the pro actually has a lot of coarse language and a lot of sexual actions in it, but there's also... Um, a later edition, and i got to find this, has an eight-page story called The Pro vs. The Ho, in which gets, she squares off against a 12-armed prostitute. <laughs> so, Dang. Yeah, is, uh, is adverb adjectives in verbs, kid? Probably. <laughs> the adverb. But yeah, so... It's, I, it's dangling participle. You really need to watch out for it. I've, I've, I've read about this more than once. Everybody says it's actually a really good parody. I've yet to find one. Um, but when we were talking about the subject matter, I said, you know what? I've got to talk about the pro. Mm. It's like, I am the run-on sentence. Right, exactly. But yeah, so that's another one. Eric, Tommy, what do you got? I'm going to go see if I can find this piece of artwork I was telling you about. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales from Xenoscope. Did you guys ever check that out? So basically, what it is, if you if you check it out, there all the covers are you know typically have some scantily clad woman on it and and everything, but it, it basically it follows Dr. Sela Mathers, a professor of literature who's been given the ability to help people by showing them fairy tales with a lesson about their life, 
and it re goes on to retell various grim fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, so on and so forth. Um, the book itself actually wasn't that bad. I had I had a woman I worked with that actually really enjoyed reading them. I I bring in stuff on Wednesdays, and that's one of the first things she's a, she'd ask me is if I had any of the of the grim fairy tale books in there. Hold up, because I got her hooked. Someone up. at our work was reading grim fairy tales. Uh, me and another woman I worked with, yeah. You're, you're going to have to tell me um, off camera who that is. Oh, uh, she doesn't work there anymore. She hasn't worked there for years. But, oh, okay. But yeah, but yeah, she used to she used to enjoy out. Uh, she used to enjoy reading it. Now, like I said, the, the covers were more than just a little risque, and it was, you know, very obvious why they were being drawn that way. But honestly, it wasn't that bad of a story until later issues and when it jumped the shark and I gave up on it. Well, and they did all of those, so it's not just grim fairy tales. They have a whole slew There's of those Wonderland. books now. Uh, yeah, they did Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, and they have just regular Wonderland. Yeah. I, I will admit, I have to say that I love their take on Robin Hood because it's a female, mm -hmm. and it's R-O-B-Y-N, yeah. and she's actually got like a battle scar down one of her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, so some of that, like I said, some of the earlier stuff wasn't, you know, wasn't a, wasn't a bad read, but it was very obvious, you know, what they were doing with it, you know. And then they also, they branched out into some horror, but again, it's, they all had that same look about it. They're all scantily clad, they all have a little bit of sexuality, and in fact, that reminds me, they've also done swimsuit issues. Oh, yeah. They have brought those back. Enos, what do you got? Mine was um, another one that I thought about was Voodoo from, the wild, from Wildcats. Yes. Well, that's because the character's a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I had another one that um, um, it was more independent title, Cave Woman. Oh, my God, yes. Um, Dave Stevens? I think so. I think so. I think no, or Arthur Adams it was one of one of those guys. Well, but but I think it was Zena. Oh, I can't remember what it was. What it was like this one lone woman who's very scantily clad. She fights dinosaurs. It's kind of like a parody of Shaun of the She She Wolf, or or, or the, um. You know there might be two of them because I think there's also one called Cave Girl. Cave Girl. Okay, because this woman had this one had black hair. All right. Yes, the one I'm thinking of, I think was blonde. Okay. Black hair, blonde hair. Half a dozen, one or the other. But yes, I do know the Cavewoman character as well. Uh, Madman, what do you got? You got another one? Because I do have another. Uh, Xena Warrior Princess? Okay, you kind of reaching there, brother. Is that, is that a comic book? <laughs> yeah, I think, was it Topps that put that out? The, the, the Topps Zena? did put oh, that yeah, out. Yeah, it might have been Zena. a short-lived Topps company. Topps put that out right after... Uh, when after she appeared in the Hercules Legendary Adventures series, right. there were tops um, put out Zorro, Xena, and Hercules comics right behind that. Yeah. You know, let, let's back just, up for just a minute. I just remember a lot of guys downloading pictures of Lucy, Lucy Lawless back in the day. Well, you saw Tops, and you said, a trading card company is going to make comics. Yeah, this is going to go well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have a Jurassic Park number one. Because, because all I could think about was baseball cards every time I saw Tops. So, but they um, they were able to recruit Don McGregor, who um, was famous for his Black um, Panther stories. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. All right, I do have one last one here. Mm -hmm. um, the character created by Jimmy Robinson first appeared in Image Comics Bomb Queen Volume One Number One. 
So, have you seen Bomb Queen? I don't think I have. <laughs> Let me Google Bomb Queen here. She's basically wearing um, a string. <laughs> she's also was in, uh, I guess, a uh, uh, Savage Dragon issue 134. She's never actually had a regular series. They're always like limited series, like ones like, uh, you know, four, four issues. And they're always like Bomb Queen 1, Bomb Queen 2, Bomb Queen 3. So they actually just have uh, the Roman numerals in the title. But what's really funny is, um, so she's a supervillain, and her and the other supervillains have taken over a place called Newport City. Um, the funny thing is, they all actually start turning on one another after they've taken out everybody else. Um, but she ends up being the supreme ruler um, of that city. Um, and the thing that's hysterical about this is, law enforcement doesn't do anything, they actually let her run the city, because what ends up happening is, all the villains leave their cities to go to Newport City to try and make their mark. Um, and so Bomb Queen, of course, has always taken them out. But she's another one of those two. She's wearing that little skimpy outfit. Uh, her book also has, you know, a bit of the, the whole um, peep show uh, places in it. In the book, she's actually made her and released her own videos to the video, uh, porn videos to the masses. Um, her costume, you found a picture of a costume, right? Yeah. See what I'm saying? How it's basically a string. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's always falling in and out of it. It's dental floss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to put it. It's pretty much dental floss. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that that's another character that starts off as a parody, and you can tell that they just had fun with it. Like, oh, she should fall out of her costume here. Oh, she should make a porn video and release it. So, Bomb Queen is another good one that we have there. And see, so you thought you couldn't find enough sexy characters to talk about. Yeah, I, I figured we could. All right, so that is what we have for this week. We're running a little short, but that's all right because we have something else we're going to do. Again, Patreon, we have special video content. We're going to be doing one uh, tonight after this. Got to join our patrons and become a, a patron to actually see that content. <coughs> Excuse me. I can't wait to see what Randy's got for us. Yeah, yeah I am excited. You're going to love this one. Um, just want to remind you, we do have our sister shows, Shock Monkey Radio, every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m., starring our own Madman. Um, we got our sister show, ComicsOnline.com podcast, Mondays from 9.30 to 7.30 with our buddies Kevin and Troy. Uh, we have our Facebook.com page, obviously, Facebook.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Contact us at Gmail. We'd like to hear from you. What is it they always said in HR, Puffin' Stuff? Keep those cards and letters Let us coming. Mm -hmm. uh, Lost in the Long Box at Gmail.com. And I've already mentioned it, but bears repeat again, Patreon.com slash Lost in the Long Box. And we got all our sister groups that Enos runs here. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, which I think we're close to the 1,500 members now, right? We're, over, we're approaching 1,700 now. There you go. Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and Gather Together the Greatest Superhero Teams. Uh, we need to get those two pages uh, yeah. taken off a little bit yeah. more, too. Uh, we'll do a little bit more cross-promotion. That is all the time we have for tonight. Until next time, we're going to be down here wondering, why are all these issues of Power Girl stuck together, Tommy? Because we're lost in a long box. <laughs> yes, we are. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.